0: This is the best of the Adam Gold Show podcast brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at
1: CapitalFinancialUSA.com.
0: A Hall of Fame college basketball writer, my friend Mike DeCoursey of the Sporting News, is joining us now on the Adam Gold Show. Um, let me get to North Carolina last night, and I've been selling this notion. I, they're, to me, they're a defensive team first this year. Uh, and I thought their defense was fine last night. Their offense was not, and that's really what cost them, including a bad call or bad non-call at the end against Georgia Tech. Um, What do you see when you watch the Tar Heels this
1: year? I think you have them very well uh, pegged there. I mean, they are an outstanding defensive team, which is, look, Roy took a lot of heat because they scored a lot of points, and that's not how modern basketball was played in it. in the 21st century and, uh, and all that stuff. And, but they won three championships. Uh, So I'm not saying they weren't really good defensively, but it was an offensive first program. And I think probably that's the ideal for most programs at Carolina's level anyway, but there are years when you get certain personnel, you don't, Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you don't get to select them in a draft. Uh, (laughs) Don't don't get stuck with them. Like in high school, you, you, you get the best players you can assemble, and sometimes the, those players are better defensively than they are offensively. And that's certainly the case with this group. Although they're not poor offensively, they weren't good last night, Mm-mm. as you, as you mentioned. Um, but uh, but they they, they certainly uh, they they win their games on defense first, and they probably went into this game thinking it wasn't going to be <laughs> overly challenging and knowing what was ahead of them. It, and that, you know, what what, what what they needed to remember is you can't do that on the road. Like if Tech right. was coming in, if Tech was coming in the Dean Dome, <laughs> whatever, you know, it's <laughs> not going to be a problem. Right. These five, six, seven guys are not losing to Georgia Tech at home. Uh, but uh, on the road, it, anything can happen. And you saw at the end, uh, it's interesting because there were three calls in the last week at the end of games that were all fouls, and two of them were on the road and not called, and one of them was a home was was a home player with the with the ball and was called, and because Duke is Duke, it becomes oh, get Duke gets all the calls. But I don't think that I think it's Duke was at home. I think and we saw that last night. The heels are the heels. You know, they've, they've won more championships in this century than Duke has, and that's a statement because yeah. Duke's won a couple. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it didn't help them, even against a team that's near the bottom of the league. Right. So I think it's more a home road thing, and, and they got the wrong end of that last yeah.
0: night. They, there's no question they did. Uh, spoke with an official about it. Spoke with Jay Williams about it. It was on the call for ESPN, and he he mentioned it on the on the game. He goes, "Why, why wasn't that a call? Uh, you got to give Georgia Tech credit for playing well because they did." Yeah. Um. Yes. But you know, I texted him. Texted with him after the game. It's like that's that's a call. That's a hundred hundred times in a row. Uh, that's a call. And my friend, who's an official, a former official, said the same thing. I mean, it's like that's a call. Uh. I, I, and I don't like the. At the end of, you can't make that call at that time. No, if it's a call, it's a call. Because you're deciding the game as an official if you decide to not call it. You have inserted yourself uh, in the, whether you're afraid to make the call or not. uh, You you just, you have to call the foul a foul. Um, Duke has won 11 of 12. And I was unaware that they had won 11 of 12 and four consecutive road games. Um... Because in my mind, they're struggling, but we should all struggle like that. So, because I mean, I I believe that they're not playing to their full capabilities yet, but they have won 11 of 12. They're seventh in the country. Uh, But I still feel like there's something that they have to deal with defensively, uh, especially going into the Smith Center on Saturday night. I don't know how you look at Duke, but... I was stunned when they put that graphic up right before I guess before the Virginia Tech game was over that they had won 10 of 11. It just blows me away. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I think that they they are they are limited in in certain ways defensively. They they aren't uh they they have a group of younger players on the perimeter, so that's not ideal defensively, other than Jeremy Roach um who has been absent for a fair amount of that. Right. A recent stretch, and that doesn't help either because he does a nice job positionally and he certainly understands how to play defense at the highest level. But they, they don't have uh, the ability to block your shot. Here's the number. Uh, you'll love this one, Adam. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you may not have been aware they, they've won 11 of 12 or whatever, but yeah. are you aware they're 342nd in the country in block percentage? Yeah,
0: they, they, don't, they don't block shots.
1: They don't block your <laughs> shots. So Teams can take the ball to the rim on them, and that's that's hard to deal with. Yeah. when you can't when you can't discourage that, and teams know they can do that, it's hard to deal with. Especially if you don't have like a Houston style perimeter where their guys are so old, and and a they know how to get in your way, and b mm-hmm. they're really physical and tough. It, it's hard to, to, to manufacture a significant defense, and that's that's going to be what makes. Uh, it hard for Duke and they have to overcome that with an elite offense. And right now they just have a very, very, very good one. And they've not get got gotten over the hurdle to elite. I think some of that's Jeremy's in and out circumstance with the injury. Uh, Cause I really like him as an offensive mm-hmm. player. And, and I think not having him has kept them from establishing a rhythm offensively. And it, it, they've got plenty of time. They've got a whole month. So to get that rhythm back, uh, I think they certainly can do that, and it, it can it can be a they can be a challenge in March. I don't think they can win it with this team uh, because of what I talked about. Yeah, but I think they could be. I think they could be in Phoenix if they got the right draw and played to their best.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think Carolina is an absolute national championship contender. Yeah, uh, and I think Duke. Yeah, I think you're right. Given the right draw, and I actually think that the one thing, if Kyle Filipowski has his perimeter game down. If he's not he doesn't have to make what he made like for two games in a row is like six of seven or something silly like that. But if Kyle's, you know, two out of four, two out of five, three out of five from three point yeah. range, I think he's unguardable if he's knocking down threes. There just right. aren't many players who can stay with him uh and he's been good defensively. I don't think he's great defensively, but I think he's been good. But I, that's where I think Duke can take the next step. But it's I don't anticipate Kyle Filipowski being a forty-five percent. He's not Christian Leitner is I guess what I'm trying to say.
1: Well, no, I, but but he can he can shoot very. He can shoot with the best big guys. Um, and I, I and I think we saw a year ago what he was capable of at times uh, from the standpoint of his three-point accuracy. So this year, he's not. You know, uh, he he's been more consistent, um, but he hasn't had the big games that he had last year. Uh, I, I so I, I you know I, I don't have a problem with him going out and shooting thirty seven and a half percent from three point range. I think he's. I think I think that number is a good number. I think what what they're what they really need to do is they need to get more players that are that are as dangerous as he, and they've got the guys to do that. Uh, they've got perimeter young players, young players on the perimeter. Uh, that can be really, I mean, we saw it uh, in, in Chicago, and Tyrese Proctor had his, excuse me, not Tyre, Caleb Foster had his big night mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago. Um, we got to see more of that from him. It doesn't have to be every night because it's not the nature of his ro- role on this team, but I think that he could, he can be that guy more often. His shot is so compact. He really should be that guy more often. Um, Jared McCain is, you know, he had the tough night in Chicago when I saw this guy's in person and, but he's been much better lately, but I still think he's capable. You know, the numbers they're shooting are fine. Um, but they have to be, they have to be confident enough to, to get into position, to take more shots. I mean, when you look at guys that are, that are shooting the number of shots that they are at the percentages they're making them, that, that's not high volume. Uh, Foster's only shot 50 all year. Uh, right. Max McCain a little bit more. He's got 100, uh, 100 107 attempts. Uh, uh, Proctor's only got 78. He's, he's well over 40%. He's, he's only taken 78. Uh, so, I, you know, I think, that, uh, I think those guys can be more active and more dynamic than they've been. Uh, and I think that would elevate – that would make it easier for Philipowski and I think it would elevate Duke's operation.
0: Uh, first of all, I think McCain is ultimately their best three-point shooter. McCain and Roach are their two best three-point shooters. But it, if Proctor is play, is shooting it at a high percentage, they're, that, that's a tough guard because they're going to have three shooters on the court minimum at all times. Philipowski becomes four, and right. and – Mitchell's not a ten percent three point shooter. He doesn't. He's barely taking him now, but he's going to make a couple uh, when that that are going to hurt teams. I'll make that prediction now. Remember when he hits two in the second I'll round of, of the NCAA tournament, you'll uh, <laughs> you'll think of me, Mike DeCourcy. I will indeed, uh, national college basketball writer for the Sporting News, a hall of famer uh, when it comes to co- covering the sport of college basketball. Let me ask you about college sports real quick. Um, we have attorneys general, uh, in Tennessee and Virginia suing the NCAA. So if one of I, I don't know if I'm missing anything. I think I know the answer to this. I really want your thoughts on the NCAA is begging, uh, the, uh, and the NCAA is made up by the schools. All the schools right. are the NCAA NCAA is begging, uh, Capitol Hill to put up guardrails and restrictions on name, image, and likeness. And now the attorneys generals are coming at them, <laughs> coming at the NCAA, saying, Yeah, that's an antitrust violation and you're running afoul of the law. Why don't we right. why don't we just get rid of the stuff that we can't police anyway? I, I don't understand
1: that part of it. Um I saw that one of the one of the comments I just saw on Twitter that uh some suggested that they just said, well let's just see if we're a going concern here. And I'm like, <laughs> like, that's not how businesses operate, man. <laughs> uh, you know, I I there there are people at the NCAA whose job it is is enforcement. And so until someone tells them not to do their jobs or to, to do their jobs to police specific things, then I'm let's just say academic fraud would be one that they could police uh, uh, you know or whatever 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 there might be still out there in the rule book. Or if, let's say you know, uh, paying people to go to football stadiums and film the other sideline. That, that would be something that they could, uh, <laughs> that they could police. Um, it, th- those kinds of things, I think they still can police. But why they're doing this, I don't know. Because what they're alleging at Tennessee...
0: Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend, Coach Pete Ruder, with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out
1: you and your expertise? it uh, it seems to be and i think you would agree with this assessment pretty much standard operating procedure yes. in high major athletics now yeah uh, and so why they're choosing to go after tennessee for this i don't understand and why they would put themselves in that circumstance uh, but I, I i i just don't understand why you don't stand back and say look we can't police this as it is now because this is what it's become and it's become this because of uh, because of state laws, uh, and there is no federal law, and so they, because of that, they 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 really are powerless in this. But it seems like they want to continue. The, the enforcement division wants to continue to assert some level of power, authority, control, whatever you want to call it, in this in this venue. And it doesn't make sense because they don't have any. They, they they can't because of the state laws and. and and no federal oversight, and they can't because, like, they're they're putting a lot at stake for this. Like, if if we're right, and I think we are, because I think we could gather 50 people in a room, Mm -hmm. follow college athletics, and say, is this right or wrong? And I think every single one of the 50 would say that, that that statement is correct, that the way that what Tennessee is being charged with here is basically standard operating procedure now. So why they feel like that is worthy of this, another mm-hmm. couple lawsuits. They've been sued so many times. Yeah. Why is this worth it? You're not, like, if, even if even if you got Tennessee, even if the Tennessee, you know, if their AG stood down and you got Tennessee, what's a change? You still have 80 to 100 major conference schools still doing the same or similar things.
0: If uh, the if the the person who makes the decision to go after at, at the NCAA NCAA level, the person who makes the decision to go after the Tennessees, the Miamis, the Florida States of the world, who have all been in NIL uh, jail, if you will, um, and who has made the decision to go after you know to all the lawsuits that the NCAA you know files or whatever, whoever makes those decisions. Is like the John McKay, of coaching when McKay was with the Buccaneers, like you, you're you never win, you're right. The NCAA never wins a lawsuit; they have to stop. They they just yeah. They, they should somebody should say you know what this hasn't worked for us before. Maybe we should you know, not do this. But I, you know one of the
1: interesting are. things about about this is the NCAA has multiple. You know people are trying to push the NCAA out of business at least. Uh, rhetorically, um, and, and have been for a while. Yeah, and and they the NCAA has a lot of reasons to exist. The NCAA tournament doesn't exist without the NCAA. I mean, that's one really good reason. So, and and the, but the biggest reason that it exists right now, at least economically, is that like if everybody left and formed their own organization. It would be all that you know. It'd be all right. the same people, and they apparently would want all the same. They do the same their, things, yeah. And so, but here's the thing: you don't get to sue the NCAA anymore. Now they're suing your organization, and you're not capitalized at their level, no. uh, and you don't have the experience. That, but but it should be a shield. It's sh- it's a shield uh, that you would want to have protecting you. But just like the burglar alarm that you have on your house. You don't want to be tripped. You know, want somebody tripping it every fifteen minutes. You just want it there in case one person trips it. <laughs> Instead, the NCAA puts the burglar alarm up there and then keeps giving re- people reasons to barge in the door.
0: <laughs> Mike DeCoursey, who's winning the Super Bowl? Uh
1: I, I, you know, I, go, San Francisco's a better team, but I, I think I think that KC can follow the. Uh, the KC, uh, the uh, Detroit roadmap and, and do a lot of the same things and get that lead. And I think that if they did, they wouldn't mishandle it in the way that Detroit did. Uh, there was uh, malpractice is a strong word, but within the confines of those 60 minutes, mm-hmm. I think it fits. Um, the, the, or not even those 50 minutes in the, the final 21 or 22 minutes. Cause the first with first 35 or so were wonderful. But the final 22 minutes, this is what we do, is not a reason to do something. It, it, that's not how you coach. You coach according to what the circumstance is that's provided to you. And you don't pretend like the NFC championship game is the same as week five against the Panthers.
0: I personally think they lost the game because they made more physical mistakes than coaching errors. But that's another matter altogether. But you went a long way of uh, uh, to say Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes. Because that might be enough. He's-
1: yeah, I th- well, they, they, you know, Patrick uh, uh, needs help, and he got it from the um, most amazing, like the fact that they won the Buffalo game and the mm-hmm. clinched the Buffalo and Baltimore game on long passes to valdez Gantler <laughs> after we all saw him drop multiple passes yep. that were game-deciders. I mean, let's be honest. Like, that guy, he deserves, like, the whole Super Bowl week hype yep. thing. Tell his story because... Guys don't drop those balls in big game big regular season games and then come back and catch them in the in the conference championship or the playoff game. That doesn't happen in NFL. Like usually that guy's never seen again. I agree. And in his case, he was seen on the brightest stage starring.
0: Unbelievable, uh, Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News. The reason I'm a Liverpool fan. We'll have to get by next year without Jurgen Klopp. We'll talk about that oh, another time.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I know. Yes, we do. Yes, yeah. we do.
0: But we need three points today first. So let's uh, let's get him versus Chelsea.
1: Sounds great.
0: Thanks, Mike. Mike DiCorsi of the Sporting News here on the Adam Gold Show. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed
1: everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening. We're scheduled to open a 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com.